You are listening to Germantown Community Radio, WRGU 92.9 FM. Welcome to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show, a monthly radio program that spotlights positive real estate development and neighborhood revitalization throughout Philadelphia. I'm your host, Derek Hengemill. Jumpstart Philly is a unique community development program that trains, mentors, networks, and provides financing to aspiring real estate developers in seven different Philadelphia neighborhoods, including Germantown, where the program was founded. Jumpstart believes that you can do well by doing good and focuses on removing neighborhood blight, scattered site rehab, creating a healthy mix of affordable and market rate housing, and avoiding gentrification through slow, steady growth. Interviews are conducted during Jumpstart Germantown's Jump in Our series on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m., held via Zoom webinar or in person at our office. For information about these events, check out the events page at jumpstartgermantown.com. This week, I had a discussion with Pierre Street, principal of a local business, Strongbow General Contracting, to talk about how new developers can build contractor relationships and hire reliable, affordable contractors for their rehab projects. I hope you enjoy the conversation and be sure to check out the podcast version of this program at jumpstartgermantown.com slash media. And we'll go ahead and start tonight. Thank you so much, Pierre, for joining us. Um, I, just to, I'll, I'll let people know how, how you got in contact with us. Uh, you know, you emailed us letting us know you're interested in helping jumpstart out with, with construction services and offering some of your knowledge and expertise. Um, and, and we told you the best way to do that is get in front of a, a crowd through jumping ours. Yeah. Um, so, so here you are. And, uh, and I, you know, I've looked at, at some of the work you've done and, and you've, we've, you know, talked a little bit about, about your sorts of development projects. I and mean, they sound like something you'd, you'd really align with jumpstart on, especially um, n- newer developers, you know, people looking for local, reliable people, you know, that they can um, have work on their projects um, and, 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 you know, ha- have a face to a, a business, which is really great. Um, so I appreciate you being here, Pierre. And, and why don't you go ahead and say uh, say hi and, and tell us anything else you want to tell us that I missed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries. Uh, so Pierre Street, um, principal at Strombo General Contracting. Uh, before I formed this company, I was just basically buying single families and two to four units in Philadelphia, just to develop for myself. Uh, I just sort of built up a skill set in the construction arm while doing that for the last four or five years in Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as a result of building up that skill set, I figured I could try and add value to other people, you know, to try to help them out along the way, you know, you know, where, where they started out like me four years ago. So that, that's where I'm at. Awesome. Um, but, you know, my, my main business is my investing in Philly. So we own about 37 rentals in Philadelphia mm-hmm. um, and 23 out of those 37 we developed uh, ourselves in, in the last two years. Awesome. That's great. So I, you know, I love when we have a discussion with somebody who's been in the, the seat of the person, you know, that we're trying to educate here. Um, so so it, it's yeah. just helpful to have, help to have something to relate to, you know, it's like this person was in your shoes, you know, so let me ask, what was your kind of introduction to construction and contracting? Did you have a background, um, you, know, you know, prior to, to getting into real estate or anything? Or, or did you kind of learn along the way as you started those projects? Yeah, no. So just, I guess, a little bit about me uh, before the real estate. I grew up in New York. Uh, I worked in finance for about 10 years, various investment banks. Um, I mean, I'm a value investor by nature. So, you know, I was always dabbling in stocks and I bought a property in Brooklyn, New York. That sort of opened my eyes to the wealth building process in real estate. And I saw the value there. And uh, this was back in 2009 or so. Um, and at that point, you know, I kind of wasn't very happy, you know, in my finance role and figured, you know, let me just see how this real estate thing goes, mm-hmm. but, you know, looking outside of New York for cash flowing, you know, uh, markets, undervalued markets. And, you know, it was between Philadelphia, Baltimore and Cleveland, Ohio mm-hmm. were the three that I was looking at and just mm-hmm. the demographics of Philly and, uh, the potential there seemed higher than the other two markets that I was looking at. So I just went, started buying single families while working a full-time job in New York. And then I think around property seven or eight was when I took the leap and came down here full-time to, 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 to buy rehab and rent properties. 
Great. Awesome. And uh, have you, what's your experience with Germantown? Have you done any projects in there? No, I haven't done any projects with Germantown. Uh, I mean, Ken Weinstein is within a couple network groups that I'm in in Philly, in the real estate side. Uh, so he's actually the one that told me that this would probably be a good idea Great. To, to sort of, you know, work with other people on the contracting side. Cool. So after you you know started doing projects by yourself in Philly, um, you, you were general contracting and acting as the developer and, and investor, kind of all in one. Were you like self managing or were you working oh, with partners? Yeah. So I mean, I I I've made the mistakes. You know, I I went through a bunch of GCs myself. Uh, that didn't turn out too well uh, for various reasons. I mean, it's tough to find good contractors because you know you don't really think about it, but you got to think about the incentive of the contractor versus your incentive. And they're never aligned. Right. Unless like, you know, they have an equity play in the projects, which, you know, most of the time you're not going to offer that on small single family jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I kissed a bunch of frogs in the GC world. And, you know, eventually I found a a crew of guys who weren't being paid by the guy that I was paying. And, you know, I kind of just took them away from him because he wasn't doing what he's supposed to be doing. And I just built up, you know, my contracted company that way. So, um, you know, it's, it, it, this stuff is not a science. I just want to let everyone know that it's sort of an art it's experience. You know, you're going to lose money. It's going to be tough, but you know, if you stay focused and you learn from every experience that you have, you know, eventually you'll, 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 you'll get the right fit for you. Uh, I mean, I'm way more hands-on than most investors. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the other part too. You got to decide how how much you want to get involved in this. Right. Uh, if, if you want to continue to have a full-time job, maybe you can't run a crew like like I you know like I do. Uh, so maybe the GC route would be better for you. Um, but just set your expectations as far as like you know what your goals are. Mm-hmm. You know how much you're willing to roll up your sleeves, and 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 I would say t- you know take it from there. Yeah. Awesome. So, so I appreciate you giving us your background and everything that that's, that's awesome that, you know, you've walked the the steps, walked through the steps that that people are going through right now. Um, in, I don't know when you started investing, but probably a likely, uh, an equally as tumultuous and uh, scary environment to start investing in, right? Um, yeah. If you, you said your first project was in two thousand nine, <laughs> so that that couldn't yeah. have been great time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a permanent residence, so you know, I didn't really have to do much renovation there, and um, it was in New York, so you know, the price appreciation there is pretty stable. I didn't really have to do much work, but um, yeah, I mean. Going through contractors, you know, it's 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 tough. I, I definitely get it, you know, especially in Philly. And, you know, you got to sort of think, well, contractors don't, most contractors don't have a business mindset. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you're the business person. So you can't really expect them to have the similar mindset as you, mm-hmm. right? So they're going to make mistakes. They're, they're going to they're gonna screw up. Um, and you kind of got to, you know, be patient and train them along the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I, I, I see a lot of investors making the mistake of thinking that, you know, especially laborers are going to have the same mindset as you. They're going to do the same, do what you would do, but you, you can't, you can't think like that. That's, yeah. that's speak for disaster. So let, so just to introduce the topic tonight, um, you know, like building contractor relationships, I, I think that is the like single most um, common response we get to, to people who, you know, either submit a loan application and don't get approved for it or, um, you know, that they're, they're trying a project or searching for deals or trying to create performas. Their, their number one thing is I can't find a contractor to work on my project. You know, they're too expensive or, uh, you know, I, I don't trust them or, um, you know, they won't even respond to my call. I don't know where to look. You know, it's like um, that seems to be the focal point of, of people's frustration kind of at the start of, of the, the development process when they're in that, you know, beginning phase of, of scoping out deals and, and meeting people and getting their business together. Contractors are consistently, um, you know, at least for, for Jumpstarter's perspective, it seems that the biggest piece of the puzzle. Um, so it, it's, it's, and I want to reiterate something you said a minute ago about how it's an art form. It's not like it's something you, you follow a list of steps and you're going to get a good contractor. Um, so I think the first point, which I'm, I'm glad you talked about this a little bit, is to break that misconception that your first contractor is going to be perfect and, and lead you to success and make you a lot of money and, and never cause problems. Um, that would be awesome. And, and maybe once in a million that times that happens, right? Um, yeah. But but so I, 
I just kind of want to identify that problem, right? And we're talking to, you know, those of you in, in the crowd here who, who um, have had trouble with that, and, and that's kind of the piece missing. Um, so, so let's kind of talk about wh what, what are these people missing? Like, what is a, a general contractor? I know um, some people might have uh, some experience in the construction industry and, and understand what that means, but for somebody who's brand new, how does a, contra how does a general contractor work differently than, say, a plumber, an electrician, or a, a carpenter or something like that? Sure, sure. So like a general contractor is responsible for the oversight, the management and the communication, right, of like all the parties involved in a construction project. And like, you know, all those parties include laborers, they include the supply houses, you know, like, you know, where you're getting supplies from, talking to the investor, uh, again, running a business, right? Like, it's tough to find laborers who know how to do all those things at once while, you know, swinging a hammer. Um, so that, that's, the main value that, uh, well, also, you know, managing capital, right? Uh, you know, you, 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 it's going to be tough to build a business around a guy who can't float a couple thousand bucks, you know, over a few days or a week, right? Most laborers need to get paid frequently. Um, and, and you know, they're not open to draw payments, you know, on, on like, you know, four draw payments over, let's say, a couple months, right? So that's another value a value add, I think, uh, with, with the GC. Um, so what was your second, what was the second part of your question? I apologize. Sorry, I was muted. Uh, you, you answered it. Um, just kind of what is the difference between a general contractor and say a tradesperson who's working as a, a plumber specifically on the electricity in your house? Right. Um, yeah. And I think it ties in again to like how, how much you want to roll up your sleeves, right? Like if you're comfortable managing all the different trades, plumbing, electrical, ductwork, HVAC, mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's up to you uh but just keep in mind that that requires you for you to be on the ground constantly yeah. and you know just just really managing the entire process yourself yeah and what does it take to become a general contractor so so what if somebody says they're a general contractor and can provide you with a license what does that mean they've done well, to be honest with you, it means nothing, uh, especially in Philadelphia. It's pretty easy to get a general contractor's license um, and insurance. I think the best contract, I'm not just saying this to toot my own horn, but I think the best contracts come from experience. Um, and, you know, for myself, I've seen both, like you said, both ends of, of the spectrum, you know, being an investor and managing a GC and being a GC myself. Uh, but you can also find GCs who sort of just grew up in the trades themselves, right? Like maybe their dad was a GC and they've just been in that, that world and they know the skill sets and they're, you know, uh, they, they how to uphold OSHA uh, standards, you know, just based off experience. Um, but, you know, that stuff takes time. You really got to do your due diligence to really, I mean, because I know some roofers that change, you know, their contracting name every time someone sues them, right, in Philly, right? That you got to really do your due diligence on, on who you're dealing with. Um, Mm -hmm. but don't and, be fooled that just because someone has a gc license and insurance that makes them a general contractor right and and just to be clear like the the license is the bare minimum right you know you don't want to be looking at people who don't even have a general contractor's license that's like yeah i mean because it's required to pull permits right in philly um so right. you know that's good that they can pull permits then doesn't necessarily mean that they know what they're doing right terms of you know like for example electrical right do they know like which wire uh to run for a two okay, for example a 220 wire to for a, a condenser mm -hmm. you know like versus you know a, a regular white or yellow wire you, you don't you know you, you got to know the difference this cool. could could be a fire hazard yeah um, okay so um now like that now that people understand what a general contractor is what ways can they get acquainted with you know new ones and and, and how do they kind of cast that net um, yeah, I think I think the best source is references. I think the best source is references, referrals. Um, I mean, I'm sure you're rubbing shoulders with fellow investors with more experience than yourselves. And that's the other thing. Network, 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 network with with guys who are bigger than you, smaller than you. I mean, I've I've been lucky enough to meet fellow investors who are willing to share laborers with me just so we keep them busy within the same circles. Mm -hmm. Right. Um but you know you want i i i haven't found much success going online um i mean you can maybe get lucky and you know pull a laborer from home depot and sort of you know you know grow him from there within your business 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the best the best uh, contractors come from referrals. Okay, yeah. and and like for people who might not it might not be as clear as like, Oh, my brother or my uncle's a contractor or something like, do you suggest they just start asking people willy nilly? Like who's, or or should they look for people who kind of have an established, uh, you know, project or something they see work that's being done. They're like, Oh, that that's. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you you can show up to a job site, you can show up to a job site, but still do your due diligence. I mean, you you can find stuff online about contractors. You can go on Facebook groups and Mm -hmm. ask around, uh, you know, how, how people, People know the contract, any experience with them. Um, but I, I highly recommend do your due diligence. Don't just go. I mean, I made the mistake myself. Uh, I met a guy who looked like straight off an HGTV show, right? He's got like the sleeveless blue vest and he looks like he's running a construction project and he stole 20 grand from me. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I've met guys who showed up in Teslas and Audis uh, to a, uh, a project site. Like mm-hmm. those are the guys that are going to steal your money. Right. Those are huge red flags, mm-hmm. uh, but that just comes from experience, right? right. Um, but you know, like I said, do your due diligence, network, network. Uh, you know, get referrals from people that you trust, whether it be family, friends, fellow investors. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I mean, it, it's it's tough, especially the last couple of years where interest rates are so low. You know, these guys are busy and they have plenty of opportunities to, you know, not just your project. So you kind of have to always show them that you have work for them after the next job. I mean, rates are a little higher now, so I, I would expect things to slow down a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy. Like I said, it's not a science. It's, it's more so an art. It's, it's, it's hustling. It's, 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 yes, it's, it's doing your due diligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, we can tell people to expect that it's going to be a difficult process and that they're going to go through, you know, several contractors before they find one. Um, but that doesn't mean that people should just kind of go take chances on anybody. So there, there's a bit of like a, a vetting process. And, and you kept using that word due diligence. Um, and, and due diligence is something we use frequently at Jumpstart in terms of like before the project, you know, because, um, you know, research on the market in the surrounding area, your construction budget, you know, your operating expenses and, and taxes, like that's all the due diligence. But specifically talking about contractors, what sorts of due diligence should people be doing, you know, outside of asking, you know, their their cousin, you know, hey, how, how was he working on your project? Project or, or here they um yeah, you know, I, I, well i think i think you you kind of have to have a general idea roughly how the process is going to be during your renovation process project mm-hmm. with, a, with a single family right mm-hmm. like the basics right if you've got you've got bricks you want to make sure the bricks are cemented and insulated and you have framing right you, you want to use two by sixes on non-party walls two by fours on party walls right you, you should take the time to understand the process yourself so that when you interview contractors, you know, and they start talking about the project that you can sort of see or understand and know that they know what they're talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, going in blindly and just trusting someone to just say, here, here's 50 grand, you know, fix the house up. And I just want to show up when it's done. I think that's dangerous. Uh, you know, you don't need to know like which wire to run to which outlet or, or which switch, uh, you know, that you don't have to be that granular, but you should know that the first thing you got to do is to make sure that your structure is there. Then, then you're framing, then you're electrical, then you're plumbing. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, you know, insulation, drywall, like you should at least know that basic process mm-hmm. uh, because some contractors don't know. Right. Like if you hear him say, well, we're going to, you know, build these bricks in the back and then drop some drywall here and then spackle and pick like, you know, right off the rip that he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a great point. And, and I think people uh, think it's, it's harder than it actually is to, to learn about that process. Like um, one thing I know uh, one of our speakers during the training program um, talks about is Google university and how like you can, you can get a construction education just from YouTube videos and and Google um, that will help you, like, like you said, be one step ahead of, of the contractor if they're, you know, maybe not as experienced as they say it, they are. Right. And you, you'll know what questions to ask, too. Right. Um, so you kind of have to roll your sleeves up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, like you end up making mistakes that I did, whereby, you know, I just thought, well, you know, he's a GC. I'm an investor. I just look at the numbers. He should know how to renovate the house. So all I need to do is just come up with a draw payment schedule 
and sure. show, show up every rate, there's going to be improvements, write them a check every week and everything's yeah. going to be all fine and dandy. That's, that's okay. usually not, not the case. So now since uh, we have the benefit of you being a contractor, <laughs> let's talk about the reverse situation, right? When a contractor is interacting with a developer or a potential client or, or somebody that they're going to work on a project for, um, you know, what, what, I guess, how can you, you know, show to them that, that you know what you're doing and that you're going to be a, a, you know, a valuable business venture for them as opposed to just, you know, like, like if you don't do that research and that due diligence and that basic foundational understanding of the process, you know, they, they might not even want to talk to you or, or might not even, it could, it could be the reverse is what I'm saying, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, again, do a due diligence. I mean, you, you look up your contractors online, um, LinkedIn, you know, we may have mutual connections that, you know, you, you can touch base with to see if I'm real. Um, do I have any ongoing projects, you know, whether it be beginning, mid or near the end, so that you can come see, you know, my process. Um, so it's, 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 I think those are probably the, the best ways to do that. Yeah. And I think it's just Im important for people to understand that if you do kind of present yourself as un un unaware of what the process is going to be, or yeah. maybe you're, you're kind of giving off that novice tone, right? Um, they, they might take advantage of you, which is unfortunate, but there's bad people out there. And, and um, you know, you I think that's a, a good defense against that is is proving that that you're taking this just as seriously as they are and and you know you kind of respect their their trade in a, in a way you know yeah and and you know as you interview other and that's the other thing too like you know interview i would say three to five guys for mm -hmm. every job right mm -hmm. and just you know compare notes right like what did pierre say what did this guy say do they do they you know do they jive right are these are they mentioning the same thing is pierre like way off the rocker based on what he's telling you about right. the project right right um but yeah, it's, it's, like I said, it's not a science. It's, it's sort of just bringing all multiple, you know, estimates. And that's the other thing too. Uh, start small, right? Don't, don't just give someone a, your first project and it being a full gut renovation. Right. Give him, give him some maintenance work, right? See, see how he handles that. Does he, does he, do, does he do it within budget? Does he do it on time? Um, was he easy to work with? Um, did he do what he said he was going to do? Right? Is is, is it was he successful at the, at the small job? Right? And 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 this sort of grow grow uh, the the opportunity from there with him. Uh, but I, I I highly recommend not just not giving a a, a huge project on the first go around. Right. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, so moving on to my next question, um, I, I kind of want to bring it back to the perspective of a jump starter who, you know, might be presented with a, a project that they, you know, could purchase and rehab um, and they're looking for a general contractor. So let's say not a full gut renovation, but it's like a kitchen bath rehab, um, you know, painting, flooring, that sort of thing. Um, like what is the, the, what is the first interaction between a person and the potential general contractor? You know, I, I, if say they get a reference, um, they're, they're, you know, a friend tells them about a, a number and a name and that they're really great. And you've done some research online, you know, you, you've seen some work are you, like in that first phone call, you know, should you be giving them the full scope of what you want them to do and, and, and kind of lay out the whole plan? Or is it more of like, a, okay, let's, you know, meet up for a chat and then, okay, maybe I'll bring you to the project next week. Or it, it, on the other hand, is it like, you know, show up at the time where my initial site visit is and we'll, we'll take a look and give me a number and I'll hire you right after that. <laughs> I like, yeah, I mean, I, I think it depends on the urgency of the project, right? Like yeah. if you're, if you, if you're okay starting the project a month from now, you know, you, you can sort of have these phone calls initially right. and then slowly, you know, meet on, meet on site. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think the best thing is to meet on site, meet, meet on site, you know, see what he has to say about the project. I, I think listening more than talking, listening about how he approaches the project, what his plans are to get you from point A to point B in the project, um, visiting his projects as well. Uh, I, I think I think the real value is being on site. I, I don't think a phone call is, is really gonna do enough justice. Uh, If you're just tuning in, this is a conversation with Pierre Street, principal of local business Strongbow General Contracting, to talk about how new developers can build contractor relationships and hire reliable, affordable labor for their rehab projects.
Thanks for listening to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show on Germantown Community Radio, WRGU 92.9 FM. Hope you're enjoying the discussion. So let's let's talk about then the the cost that you associate with that that initial visit. Mm-hmm. Um, most contractors going to charge you for that time. Um, it, yeah, I mean, if if, if for contractors who are doing like this kind of work, like full gut renovations, single families, uh, they really shouldn't charge you for an estimate. Um, I mean, unless you're looking at a commercial level type GC who you really want to do, you know, one of these smaller projects, he's probably not even going to look at it anyway because how small it is. But the answer is no. Like, he shouldn't charge you anything. I mean, I, I certainly don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if you're looking for work, you're going to make an effort to go see the project. You know, it, go, it goes both, both ways. And that's part of the interview process too, right? Like, if you have to pay him, you know, to come look at a job, does he really want the job? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And I know... Uh, there's probably going to be some questions about, uh, you know, uh, like payment schedules and when do you pay the contractor? What if a contractor wants payment up front versus, you know, uh, so, yeah, I guess we can talk about that now while, while we're talking about money. Um, so typically, you know, jump starters in, in contractors to talk to will say they want 30%, 40%, even half maybe the, the, the payment that they're going to make to this contractor up front before any work is completed. Um, we usually tell them that's a bad idea and that, that that's probably a pretty, pretty red flag, um, that this person's going to, going to skip out. Um, but sometimes maybe people are only getting bids from people they trust and are really great. And there still maybe is a, is a startup fee or, or something that they need up front. What, what do you suggest people do when they, they kind of are confronted with that decision where maybe they have a amazing contractor that they're really, you know, confident in, they, they got a gut, good feeling about it, but that contractor comes and says, Hey, I'm going to need this up front before you start. And, and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, never, never give, the majority of the money up front. I mean, you, you want to try and minimize your risk as much as possible. I mean, but it, you know, it kind of has to work for both parties, you know, mm-hmm. within reason. Uh, I mean, he's going to need money to pay his laborers for the week or two. Uh, he's going to need money for the materials. He's going to need money for, you know, I guess fuel and transporting the supplies back and forth to the job site. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you want to try and minimize the upfront deposit as much as possible. Uh, just and and to be honest with you, the, the when you are doing a full debt renovation, the majority of the cost is not so much on the upfront anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Demo is not really you know a heavy lift in terms of money, right? It's 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 demo, right? You're demoing the walls, you're demoing the frame, you're throwing in a truck and you're dumping it, right? So you know if he's telling he needs fifty percent of the budget upfront to do that, that's a lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. I guess that goes back to my point earlier about finding quality GCs, right? Like a good GC can float the job, right? Like he's not gonna need, he's probably gonna have enough capital to float the second draw for the actual framing and and, and plumbing and electrical on his own because of, he's holding it on his balance sheet, right? Like, right. you know, those guys tend to be a little bit more expensive, mm-hmm. but you, you can try to find the right balance. Um, right, but- that, that's where the the, the changeover is it's like if you're if you're not paying money up front you're probably paying someone more for for higher quality you know trustworthy labor right 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 yeah and you know a lot of these guys you know they they, they take one money from one project and you know take it to another and you know it's kind of like a ponzi scheme um, <laughs> yeah in the, in in the best way possible right <laughs> best way possible right? <laughs> um so uh just uh, one more question about the cost. Uh, oh, oh, you said you want to minimize that that you know upfront um, percentage as much as possible. Does that is that something that a lot of contractors are willing to negotiate about? Like, will, will people will a contractor be offended if you know you come to them and say, "Hey, I'm not paying you fifty percent upfront. I'll give you ten or fifteen or something." Yeah, um, I mean, he might he might be offended, but who cares if he's offended? At the end of the day, it's your project. Like, right. you, you own the bricks. Right. right. Exactly. Um, you own the bricks. You own the project. You're 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 leading everything here. Um, yeah. And I think give, I, give him a, give him an opportunity to explain why he needs that much. Like just ask him line by line, itemize to me right. why he needs that much. And if it makes sense, then 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 maybe you do it. But yeah, otherwise no. Yeah, I, I that's great. Awesome. I, I think that's like the best advice we can give people is that you're in the driver's seat of this project, and yep. that. 
the way you're going to find reliable people is is taking charge on on the decisions that you're making right um and, and yeah I, th I think that's a that's great advice um okay so just before we move on um any last tips on on like uh, vetting potential contractors you know other than doing some research to make sure you know they have a license have a, a online presence and and uh, are a real person um, yeah i mean I, I wish i had a better answer like i said it took right. me four years <laughs> to find my group yeah well that, that's okay good four years right so yeah. it's hard it's difficult um yeah. but you just got to keep at it you know right. like and sometimes i found like when i find one good guy he knows other good guys as well right. different, different traits so right that's kind of how it multiplies um right. Great. So, so now let's, uh, we, we talked a lot about uh, like red flags and what could be, um, you know, potentially a reason you don't choose the contractor. Now let's talk about when you do find that one perfect one. Um, so you're working on a project, maybe you complete two or three small rehabs and you're like, wow, this has been really great work each time. Guys have shown up on time and, and the people that, that work there are, you know, respectable and nice. Um, like how, how do you how do you know when you're like this is a this is a good contractor i want to keep this one is there is there any sort of uh you know like um like milestones you should hit with somebody or or, or yeah, i mean you, you kind of know it right you kind of feel it like you like how do you how did you did you work well with him throughout the project right like, like was he easy to work with like did he do what he said he was going to do throughout the eight weeks that you were working with him did he do it within budget Right? Did he hit the timelines that he said he was going to do? I mean, and that's the other thing about kissing a ton of frock is that you know when you find the right one, like you know it, like right off by mm -hmm. the second week. Mm -hmm. um, so, and then this also ties into how big do you want to build this business, right? Like, mm -hmm. if you find a good one, you only have one project for him, you're going to be pretty upset that you lost him because when you lose him, like I guess there's so much other business going on in Philly that. You, when you find a good one, you got to latch onto them. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, that all ties into how, 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 how involved and how much business you want to build. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you think of this as something, you know, you want to get to hundred properties, make sure you have more, more projects lined up for mm -hmm. him. Or her. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, he has a family to feed as well. It's nothing personal. So, you know, he, if, if you don't have work for him, he's, he's going to jump someplace else. Mm -hmm. So what, what can the developer do to increase the likelihood of, of securing this contractor and, and continuing the relationship? I mean, um, it, it, there's obvious things like like just reciprocating the effective and, and you know, like uh, just maintaining the relationship. But are there, are there ways that you can kind of prove to that contractor, say, hey, if you keep working with me, you know, this is what's going to happen? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of take a different approach than most because generally speaking usually for whatever reason people look down on laborers mm -hmm. i i i try to be different like i i i treat them like they're my brothers right, right. like i buy them lunch i buy them beers after work like you know i show them res more respect than most mm -hmm. and they appreciate that right like i i let them know that hey man i i know this is hard work like i i know this is hard work i see what you're doing and trust me like that goes a long way like when you talk about loyalty, if, if most most developers are, you know, just being aggressive with them and, you know, just being bossy and micromanaging, if you can prove that you are providing a work environment for them that, you know, is constructive and they feel comfortable and they feel like, you know, this, they can, like, you know, when you go for a full-time job, right, you're looking to build a 30-year career, they want to have that kind of setup or at least try to get that kind of setup too, right? Mm -hmm. And if you can provide that sort of environment for them where they feel like, well, hey, I can grow with this guy, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll stick with you. Great. Um, and before I ask my last couple of questions here, I just want to remind everybody that we'll, we'll have a Q&A in a few minutes here. So um, please do put your questions in the chat there. Um, using, or, or sorry, not in the chat, in the Q&A tab um, and submit those and we'll, we'll get to them in a minute. Um, uh, my, my last kind of question is talking about uh, during the project and, and you know, when, when you're maybe w midway through your rehab um, and, and you're working with this contractor, what are some like uh, general, you know, guidelines and, and ways to, to maintain that relationship, like, and making sure that they're doing effective work without you know, uh, antagonizing them or, or seeming like you're, you're, you know, um, being un, 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 uh, un, uh, untrustworthy yeah. of them or anything like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do think in the beginning it's important to be on the job site 
Like, don't just, you know, just give them a deposit and then show up a week later, mm-hmm. um, especially in the beginning, because, you know, you might find some guys who go work someplace else, right, on on, on your clock, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the good guys won't do that, obviously, but mm-hmm. it's also like you want them to have that feeling that you give a shit about, excuse my language, you care about the project, right? Yeah. So, you know, what I tend to do, I, I, I show up like once a day. Right. So my guys get to work around 730. You know, if they need materials, I'll probably be there around eight or nine. But if not, you know, I'll show up just, you know, around lunchtime and buy them lunch or something and just get an update as far as what's going on. Um, You know, listen, 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 you know, show respect. Uh, Unless you see something that's, you know, way off the rocker, you you let them know. Um, And and like I said, there's going to be issues. Right. Mm -hmm. Don't don't flip out because if you flip out, especially earlier on in the relationship, you're not going to see them again. Um, you know, again, you're the business person, right? Like, like you can, you got to keep your composure. You know, yeah, I, I don't want to say that you're they're your kids, but you you, you got to have the business mindset. That thing that th- issues are going to arise. You got to stay calm, manage them, give them another chance. You know, and 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 just work through it. Great. Awesome. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, that's unless there's anything, uh, you, you know, you uh, additionally you want to share. I think that's everything I got to cover. Um, that, that was a really awesome conversation. I really appreciate you you taking the time out to, to, to speak with us tonight. Absolutely. Um, I, the, and we'll kind of before we shift over to the Q&A here, I want to give you a chance to, you know, plug your business, obviously, um, Strongbow Contracting, uh, General Contracting. Um, why don't you tell us just a little bit about what, what sorts of look you're working or what sorts of work you're looking for um, and, and maybe kind of just, you know, put, put out your advertisement to Jumpstarters who might need uh, contractors on their project. Yeah, sure. I appreciate it. Appreciate the time. So yeah, uh, Strombo General Contracting. Um, what I what I I mean, I'm not going to tell you what I what I can what I can't do, but I basically do full gut renovation jobs. The only things that we sub out mostly is uh, the excavation work for new development um, and uh, HVAC work. But mm-hmm. when it comes to like you know cement, uh, structural framing, plumbing, electrical, like we we handle all that. Um, and we're pretty passionate about the single family two to four unit realm in Philly. Great. Um, and as we're talking here, the questions are piling in, so that's good. Um, I, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy to have somebody you know to point people to, and and uh, we'll we'll be sure to send out Pierre's information in a follow up email tomorrow, um, so you can get in contact with him. Is the best way to to reach you, Pierre, just to to follow that email or phone number yeah. on, the, uh, on the contact? Cool, yes, sir. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, let's move on to these questions here. Uh, the first one, I believe we've already covered, but um, I'll, I'll just ask it to you to reiterate in case they missed it. Uh, when a contractor asks for half or even uh, any money up front before even starting the project, how would you recommend the best way to handle? Um, and that's from E. Santos. Well, it depends on the scope of the project, right? Like if you're talking about a full gut renovation, single family, I mean, speed tops, you're talking about eight weeks. So if you can break that up into like fifth or sixth, I would say that's safe to do. Um, but I would I would say you know when you if you want to be around quarters or thirds, that's that's the, those those the divisions are too small. Um, you kind of want to just split it up, you know, given the, the 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 timeline of the project. So I would say six or seventh is probably the best way. Okay. Great. Uh, Donnell is asking, what is your pricing structure? Do you charge GC commission and additional over the subcontractor's fee? Um, so that's about your 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 business specifically. Uh, is that is that something you could answer? Yeah, yeah. So I, I do charge a management fee on top of uh, the labors and material costs. Um, what I like to do originally, just so because I don't I don't want to waste your time or waste mine. So what I like to do, you know, initially is like provide a labor only price. Uh, and then figure out like if we're within range given your budget, because I've just met so many guys who haven't even like like they buy projects, but they don't really back into the numbers and figure out well shit do I actually have enough money for the renovation? Mm-hmm. Um, and I can help you being I have experience on my end from the investor side to figure out well can you actually get this project done before we even before we even start you know vetting other contractors like it does it even make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I start with a labor only price. We see where we are, you know, uh, budget wise, and then you know, you, you show me, 
the, uh, the, 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 the finishes that you want on the project. You know, if you have like a material list, we can go by and then I'll just add in the, uh, the material and management fee after that. Great. Awesome. And, and it, would you say that's, uh, is similar in line with other contractors or do, do others? Yeah, it is, it, it is. Um, but, you know, depending on, you know, my work schedule, you know, sometimes I'd, I'd lower my fee a little bit just to keep my guys busy, to be okay. honest. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next question also comes from E. Santos. Uh, when do you recommend the time to give the contractor a 1099 form? Uh, 1099, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I would give it at the end of the project. Okay. Yeah. Uh, April Thompson's asking, do you suggest we hire a project manager to, um, uh, do you suggest we hire a project manager to quality control? I guess that means the general contractor, if I am strapped for time to review. Um, so, so this is hiring another person, I guess, on top to, to manage the general contractor. What, yeah, what do you think? That's a good question. I mean, if it's within your budget, and like I said, it's not it's not worth your time. Yeah, I, I guess that's that's something you could do. Um, but again, remember that that person has to know how to manage a GC because you don't want that. That's actually a good point. I've seen people do that, and it you know the the working relationship between the two are not good, and it, it pisses off the GC, and then the whole project squashed, and you got to find someone else. Right. Right. Great. Uh, next question is what is the, okay, this is a very general question. It's all right if you don't have a great answer. Uh, what is the estimate on a total rehab if the house is already gutted? So I know the answer depends on a lot of factors, but um, what would you say is the ballpark average of a full gut rehab? So a full gut single family? I mean, uh, I would have to see the project, but you know, Perfect. with with you know construction costs being where they are now, you know labor materials. You're talking like I don't know eighty mm -hmm. to ninety, right? On on the project, yeah. And, and I'm just curious, you know, from your experience, what what would you say that is compared to say a year or two ago? Um, oh, it, I, I mean, when I first started buying in Philadelphia in 2016, my all in was like 50k, 60k of purchase and rehab. I mean, I now it, it's just astronomical. So it's it's changed a lot. <laughs> I mean, but you know, the prices of the properties have gone up too, and rents mm -hmm. uh, tandem. So I guess that kind of helps. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's it's much more expensive now, especially on the material, especially on on both sides, labor and materials. Yeah. Yeah, and I think if anything, it's increasing like the barrier to entry where you need more capital up front to get started. Sure. Um, you know, especially if you don't have any projects or haven't completed anything. Yeah. Um, the, the next question is from Brian. Uh, he's saying, "Are you taking on any new projects at this time in the West Philly area specifically?" Yeah, I, I am. I mean, I own uh, I want to say eighteen single families or twenty in West Philly, right. and the other like seventeen are scattered between Germantown. Or Richmond and North Philly. Cool. I'm 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 in West Philly all day, every day. Yeah. Yeah. And another person asked uh, Pierre, how can we get in contact with you directly? Uh, like I said, we'll send out your information in a follow-up email tomorrow morning. Um, so you'll get uh, you know Pierre's email and phone number, and and you can reach out to him afterwards. Um, but but yes, you will be able to contact him directly. Um, Ronald is just confirming uh, is five to maybe fifteen percent to begin the project if they ask um, reasonable for a contractor. So I know same question to what you asked before, but you know is that a more reasonable range than half up front? Yeah, I think five to fifteen percent. Fifteen percent most. Yeah, I think more closer to fifteen percent is reasonable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Keith is wondering if a project is behind, what recourse is there for the developer and how do you maintain the contractor's motivation to complete the project? Um, so sorry, I don't know if I phrased that weird. If a project is behind, you know, I guess delayed and not on schedule, what recourse is there for the developer and how do you maintain the contractor's motivation? Hmm. That's a great question. Keith always has the best questions. <laughs> Thank you, Keith. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's a lot of factors that go in there. I mean, do you, how long have you been working with this contractor? Like, do, is it worth exiting a relationship because of this one project, right? Like, it goes back to what I was telling you earlier, right? Like stuff happens, right? So you kind of have to look at a macro view of the relationship and decide whether it's worth continuing with him or not. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of, you know, things that can, factors can, can go into that decision. 
I mean, I'd have to know the details around it to sort of give a straight answer. Um, but that's that's a good question. Yeah, sure. And I think uh, just from from Jumpstart's perspective, um, not only with your contractor but also with your lender, you know, if anything is going behind, it, the the worst thing you can do is to stop communication. You know, it, we we see things fall apart so much just because people don't respond to emails or um, you know give up on on following up with a, a contractor or something like that. You know, it's uh, communication is such a huge um, piece of just keeping things moving. I think even if it's it's like uh, like an insignificant update <laughs> it's it's better to check in and let people know what's going on than um than ghost it so yeah i, I agree there, there's probably a lot of ways um but but great question yeah, that, that last question was very good i mean you you, you kind of gotta just well i mean how far behind are you on the project like you know right. how much underwater dollar wise you are right i i don't know those details uh you know but great yeah, you kind of got to look at it, you know, holistically. Don't don't just make an irrational, emotional decision just based off one mishap. Great. Yeah. Uh, Brenda is asking, how would you know if the contractor has experience working with architectural drawings? Um, so I guess she means from the perspective, you know, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I sure as hell know I wouldn't understand an architectural drawing if I looked at it. <laughs> how would you know? Um, again, you know, fellow investors who've, who know the guy who know that he, right. he knows how to read architectural drawings right it's funny you know uh, she brought that up because i actually met a guy you know he owns a portfolio here as well but he's not very good on the on the contracting and the things mm -hmm. uh, you know the gc that he was using told him to accept these architectural drawings that were completely wrong and i i saw it right off the bat right in terms of like, you know, for example, the ledger boards, you know, for Joyce, that's the new building code in Philadelphia. And this arch architect was out of Jersey, right? And he was drawing it based on Jersey, you know, code. Right. Um, so yeah, that, that's very important to, to have a GC who knows how to read those plans, Great. especially when you're pulling permits. Right. And, and I, I like your answer that get an architect to look at it or get one of your friends who knows an architect or has seen architectural drawings, you know, just get eyes on it, I guess, to, to make sure they look legit and, and that they're, they're kind of seeing um, yeah. the full picture. Yeah. Um, yeah, great question, Brenda. Um, next question is from April. Have you worked on any conversions? Uh, an example from single family to duplex or quad, um, which is something we, we get a lot of questions about. Um, provided you know they plan to get a variance and it's not zoned, uh, or I'm guessing she's saying they got the variance. You know, yeah. zoning is good. Uh, would you work on um, or, or have you worked on on conversion projects? Small, small conversion. I, I've, I've converted uh, RSA five to to, to RM one CMX two duplex triplex uh, stuff in in philly gotcha nothing, no, nothing bigger than that though no okay and, and do you have any i guess like uh, words of wisdom for people who are, are maybe thinking about one of those projects is it uh, is it significantly more involved than they uh or, or... I, I, now it is now, now now it's 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 a lot tougher now to get stuff through lni uh, two years ago it was easier to get variances yeah. would i recommend taking on projects now that require variances no yeah. um especially with interest rates where they are, you know, you, you're probably not going to get a response till six months from now. Right. Right. And, and yeah, the, the rehab aspect might be a little bit more complex as compared to just like a single family rehab, but the legality and getting the end use to line up and getting the zoning change, that's where the headache really comes. Right. <laughs> the time, the time, yeah. the time's a killer. Right. And that's not something really that a contractor would help you out with. Right. That's kind of all on the developer to go through that. Uh, well, I mean, it, it, you know, it depends. I mean, if you're willing to pay for his time, you know, to deal with LNI, sure. Right. Um, but do most contractors want to deal with LNI? The answer is no. Right. Just like the developer. Unfortunately, unfortunately the answer is no. Right. Because, yeah. you know, I'm sure people on on this webinar know how it is. With LNI. Yeah. You, know, it's, you yeah. hear one thing one day, the next day is something else. And, you know, it's just, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we can have a whole other jumping on that. <laughs> um, yeah, all right. Thank you, April. And our last question here, it looks like, um, is from Brittany. And she said, do you take on complete development projects from empty parcels? I, I guess she means like new construction. construction. Um, yeah, yeah so new construction I haven't done myself yet. Uh, but I do have contacts who actually do the excavation, who do the foundational work, uh, who can do that for me. And then, you know, we'll take it from there in terms of the framing and plumbing, electrical, et cetera. Okay. Um, 
Um, and she says, uh, if so, would you work with several architecture teams, think in the Brewerytown, Fishtown, Northern Liberties area with a three-story, for a three-story with a roof deck? Like, is that um, in the scope of your, your um, you know, could, could you do that? Is the foundational work done? I don't know. Brittany, yeah, I mean, if the foundational work is done and it's just framing onwards. Right. That's where I, where okay. my specialty is. Yeah. Cool. Um, and yeah, I believe that's all our questions here. Thank you so much to everybody. Um, Pierre, is there any, yeah. Pierre, is there any uh, last things you want to mention to everybody before we head out other than uh, that they'll see your contact info in the morning? Yeah. I mean, look, even if we don't do any business, you know, I love talking to fellow investors, you know, in Philadelphia and networking. So you have my contact info, reach out anytime. Great. I can help and, 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 you know, catch up for beer and chat. And that concludes my discussion with Pierre Street, principal of a local business, Strongbow General Contracting, to talk about how new developers can build contractor relationships and hire reliable, affordable contractors for their rehab projects. The interviews on this program are recorded during Jumpstart Germantown's Jumpinar series, which takes place via Zoom webinar on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. If you'd like to participate in the live Q&A with our guest, be sure to head to jumpstartgermantown.com events and register for next week's Jumpinar. And if you're interested in starting a Jumpstart program in your own community, visit gojumpstart.org and see our how-to guide and open source training workbook. Thanks so much for listening to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show on Germantown Community Radio, WRGU 92.9 FM. And be sure to tune in next week.